Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we're on. This is the recording studio. We're live. We are live. In Las Vegas, in the Live Vegas studio. We are. I am excited. And we just finished up a few days on the Strip. And now we're in suburbia, Las Vegas, which also does exist, if people didn't know that. (laughs) When I was little, so if you all didn't know, I actually grew up in Vegas. Um, I've been gone for a decade and came back, but I grew up here and I used to do gymnastics, competitive gymnastics, so we would travel and I remember going to meets in other states, like Cal- California or something, and the other girls from other teams, they're like, do you guys live in a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> and they literally just thought we lived in no hotels, which was funny because for some reason, I thought the people in Reno lived in hotels because <laughs> I remember seeing postcards of Reno that said like biggest little city in the world. So I literally thought that that just that strip was all of Reno. So I was like, no, we don't. How could people think people live in Las Vegas in a hotel? And yet I'm sitting here thinking people who live in Reno live in <laughs> hotels. So anyway, kids think of weird things and no, we don't live in hotels. In fact, most people don't live on the strip at all. Yeah. Most people don't even live close to it. No. Um, but we are here because it's Jill's birthday. It's actually Jill's birthday today. Yeah. And it's... Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, yeah. It was, we had good fun. times. Yeah, we did. We had a good group. It was like eight people. A lot of gambling. <laughs> and we, we had an interesting thing happen last night. Oh, yeah. We were in a show and it was letting out. And then they just said, they made an announcement that something was outside of their control. And then it just got quiet. They locked we were just the standing there and nobody said anything. We didn't know what was happening. I think we heard some kind of murmurs of a shooting. So we started looking on Twitter and we're trying to figure out what happened and there was some rumor of a active shooter and and there was like videos of people like running, running. in different casinos and stuff yeah. so it looked like legit yes and so we're all like in this um i guess it would be circus just, tent. yeah like circus tent basically they had closed the doors and they weren't gonna let us out and then we probably just waited for like what five minutes yeah it wasn't too long and then they let us out um and then we were like, well, it looked like it was in happening in a different casino than the one that we were in. That wasn't, we, so it was happening in a casino that like wasn't close to us. So we're like, let's go in and gamble <laughs> this other casino. <laughs> uh, and then just a couple of minutes later, we found out that it was actually a false alarm. Yeah. But it was a little bit crazy because when we walked in the casino, all the tables were cleared out. They had stopped. And then like all this, uh, all the gambling had stopped. Yeah. Like, the tables were being manned anymore. So, and this is at the hotel that wasn't the one that was like allegedly, right. there was a gunman. So it was a weird night. It was weird for a minute. People got jumpy. There Very was a, jumpy. there was a moment where a bunch of people started running again. And so me and Jeff and Shante and Ashley, the four of us kind of ducked behind a, a staff area because all the staff was running and went around the corner and we're like, okay, what's going on? So it was a little wacky, but nothing happened. False alarm. It was a false alarm. They said like, everyone's safe. like there was like, I don't know, glass shattered or something like that. And people thought it was a gunshot. And I'll tell you what, people are on edge. It's not. Are. A, people are definitely on edge for these shootings. And I saw a couple, um, couple ladies on the phone like crying. And I was thinking, you know, J- Jill and I were at the, we're, we were in Vegas at the shooting 
in 2017. I think it was October 1st, maybe. No, nope, 2017. Um, Jill and I were actually supposed to be driving to the Mandalay Bay, like right around when it started. And we had decided last minute not to go. And just the thought of we could have been there is so terrifying. And also there were friends that I knew who were at that concert and we were standing outside. We saw just so many ambulances and cops going by. It was really scary. And so I can't imagine for someone maybe who works on the strip and went through that the first time just to have this false alarm, I think must've been really triggering and scary. So Mm -hmm. it was a weird, it was a weird thing. And I felt bad for for people who are just really freaking out. Yeah. People were really jumpy. And then even when, even once like we, everyone sort of like found out that it was kind of a false alarm, people were still a little bit yeah. jumpy. And a lot of the people who were working the tables at the casinos, like had already left work because yeah. they just like didn't want to stay. So we went back to our hotel, which was a different hotel. Uh, and then, but at that hotel, the one we were staying at, like everything was normal. Yeah. So we ended up just gambling for a little bit more and then went to bed late <laughs> as you do, <laughs> as you do in late. Vegas. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about, uh, the grass is always greener, mm-hmm. grass being greener on the other side. And I think this is going to be a great conversation because there's so many things that this can apply to, um, relationships, work, money, where you live, uh, I mean, I could think of a million things. Where- well, we had, we recently did an episode about like, about that with like work and like, yeah. you know, committing to a process and sticking with something and following through on something and getting the results and not like jumping ship. And, you know, I think it is tough to know. Cause here's the thing is like, when it's like, is the grass greener? And we know like, obviously intellectually, let's just say we're talking about relationships. Let's talk about in the context of relationships we kind of know intellectually that like the grass is always green. That's something people say. Mm -hmm. And we know that it's not always, in fact, rarely is it, but what if it is like, how do you know? Like Mm -hmm. what if you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. and you could be better, could be someone else for you. There could be someone else for you. So how do you know? You know, if like it's a false alarm and you're just projecting mm -hmm. or if that person is maybe a better fit for you. Mm -hmm. So, I, it was Mark Manson's book, um, the last one, Everything is Fucked, I think it was called. Yep. Really stood out to me this chapter because he, I, I felt like I really related to it because he talked a lot about how in his younger days he would just be moving and like hooking up with people and kind of going all over. And so he had a lot of fun and it was really exciting, but he never had any depth. And so while he can meet a million people and go to all these cool places that you never really get that depth of actually staying in one place or being with one person or, um, like making friends who live in the same town. And I was, you know, the last couple of years I've been doing the same. I've been living out of a suitcase and traveling. And so I know while looking at that lifestyle, a lot of people could go, Oh my gosh, that's so ideal. Like you get to travel and you've been to, you know, 30 countries or however many places you've been and you've been, you've been able to hook up with so many people, like, you know, maybe someone who's like with their first college or high school girlfriend or boyfriend and that's their spouse and they've never had any experience. They can look at that as like, wow, that's so amazing. And at the same time, the person who's done all of those things, like Mark Manson said, was that he never had any depth. So if you're with a different person every single night, you don't get to have those deep conversations. You don't get to go through hard things with people. You don't get to have, um, like deep long-term experiences, even friendships. So you, there's a lot of things that you miss when you keep everything shallow and surface level. But on the other hand, you get to have a lot of experience and do a lot of things. So I think 
the grass can be greener, but it really is like, what are your values and where are you at in life? Cause I think that can actually change. Totally. Because that's the thing is like, if you were married, if you've been married for 20 years and you get out of a long-term relationship, you know, it's, you should really, you know, sort of experience if you want a lot of different things. And that might be a good time where you're like, yeah, I don't want to settle down. I've had the depth. Like I've been through a lot of really hard shit with someone and like, now I just want lightness and now I just want it to be fun. And I just, I don't, I want it to be like kind of superficial and I want to like sleep around a little bit. So there's something that's really nice about recognizing. I love that you said where you are in life because it's not always like not everyone always wants depth all the time yeah. every day, you know, but I love that, um, that level of intimacy, you know, Keith and I have been together for four years now. And I would say the first like couple of years, we, it's not that we didn't talk about our relationship, but we were kind of like, Oh, this is great. This is fun. We're traveling. We have good sex. We're like, you know, and, and so we hadn't really had the conversation of like, even though we had moved in together, we hadn't really had the conversation of like, okay, are we do really doing this? And like, not about marriage necessarily, but like, okay, yeah, are we, you know, are we committed and we really want to do this? And around like two years is when we sort of were like, yeah, I guess we do want to do this. And I remember at one point, you know, we were taught, having a conversation and he just said, Jill, he's like, this just sometimes feels a little bit, and he wasn't saying it's a bad thing. He was like, but it's, a little, it can be intimidating. He goes, cause I've never done this with someone before. He goes, and you have, he's like, you've been married. You were in a long-term relationship. You lived with someone. He goes, I've never even lived with a, a girl, you know? So I think for him, it was, de- it's definitely been a, a lot of different things, but I wasn't ready for that level of commitment and intimacy. Like when I'm saying intimacy, I mean like closeness. Yeah. And you have to almost, in order to get that, you have to get over the initial, like the fun and adventure and it's easy and like everything's all good to the point where like, it's not only just passionate love anymore where it's like infatuation and whatever. It's like compassionate love. It's like, okay, now I love you as a person. I want to do life with you. That's a completely different thing. So I think neither one is better than the other, by the way. So if you're listening to this and you did get out of, you know, recently, maybe in the last year or two, get out of a relationship that's been a long-term relationship, like fucking maybe go go fuck on all the grasses. Right. <laughs> go get some blue grass. I was, I was looking, I was thinking about Beasley cause uh, Danny's dog is here and I was going to say shit on all the grasses, but <laughs> cause the dog, the but well, go fuck on all the grasses. Yes. I mean, you know, what's funny when I first became single and you know this, I had a, a good friend of mine who's, who's married and she and I went on a trip together and her husband actually reached out to me and basically called me out and said that I was making her want to get a divorce. Cause I was like having so much fun being single and, and he was upset with me and I'm like, I'm not encouraging her to be single or get a divorce at all. Like you are totally, um, misunderstanding That's so, isn't it so weird how people think it's contagious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh my God, I don't like in people who have, and if you're listening to this and you've gone through a divorce, you've gone through like a separation, you know how people, some people treat you. Yeah. They treat you like you're a pariah. Like yes. I don't even want to be around you because you know, and especially some, if you have like a girlfriend or something, maybe she's worried that her husband's now looking at you cause yeah. you're like single having fun. Maybe you're coming into your own feeling sexy, doing different things, you know? And so it can be intimidating to people when people go through life transitions, but yeah, sorry to cut you off. On no, that story. no, it's so true. And people do, they do tend to think that it, it's like contagious and it's catching on. So he kind of, he had a phone call with me, kind of called me out and I assured him that I was like, first off, believe me, I wouldn't be going through this shit if I didn't have to. I didn't want to be going through divorce. I definitely wouldn't be encouraging her to, but there is that kind of, you know, you see somebody who maybe recently gone through a divorce. So now they're just coping and they're doing things the best they can. And suddenly you're going, 
man, my life feels so boring. I've just, I'm here married and I got the same old, same old, and I've got my kids. And you start to think that what they're going through is better where you might not see the nights that they're home crying or the horrible dates they went on or any of the things that are also bullshit being single. So it's like, yes, there's some cool things, but also it comes with its own set of bullshit. And the same thing with a long-term committed relationship comes with its own set of bullshit. And there's people who are like, I've been single for so long. All I want is a committed relationship. I just wish I had a partner and someone who loved me, someone I could go home to. So I think everything has its, uh, positives, but everything also has its bullshit. And it's really a matter of what are you focusing on in the moment? Are you focusing on the bullshit or are you focusing on what's amazing? Because there are people who are just wishing for what you had, whether it's a big family or no kids or a committed relationship or being completely single and free. So no matter where you are, it's really, I think about owning your choices and deciding like where I am right now is where I need to be or want to be. And it might not be where you want to be in the future. It might not be the place that you want to land forever, but it's where you're at. And so I think the grass is and can be greener, but it's also got to be, you got to decide what grass you want to be in. Totally. And And that's the thing is like, I I think that the grass will always be greener for some things. Like, let's just say you're in a relationship and you've been in a long-term relationship and like, I don't know, maybe your partner's like let themselves go a little bit or I don't know, whatever. Just gotten like very, you know, just you guys are stale or something. Yeah. Like, or stale or also just, you're so comfortable around each other. So like last week, I don't know if this is good or bad, but Last week I was, um, I don't know, we were, I was with Keith and we we're like laying on the couch or something and he, he puts, he like points at my chin and he sees that I have a couple of like, and he goes, oh, you have a couple of little chin hairs. Like we've done fucking whole episodes on like this right. anti, this right. aging bullshit. But, and I was like, well, I can't see them sometimes because the lighting and it's like underneath your chin and you can't really see them. So I literally went and got my tweezers and he was plucking my chin hairs for me. And as it's happening, I'm like, we're laughing about it or whatever. But I'm like, is this too familiar? <laughs> like, is this, I don't know if this is okay or not. But, you know, there's something so nice about having that familiarity. We did a whole separate episode, like I'm sure you like fart in front of your partner and stuff like that. But it's easy, but you don't get the butterflies as much Mm -hmm. anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're super familiar. Maybe you don't have that. And I love, this is why we've we've mentioned her work quite a bit on this podcast, but Esther Perel has a really great um, set of books on like how to keep the relationships fresh and how to keep them spicy and how to like actually really truly desire your partner. And it's not, it's about creating separation too. Mm -hmm. So like while we need that closeness to feel safe in our relationship and to have that trust and to feel secure in our relationship, we also need to have a little bit of distance to create a little bit of friction so that you want to like fuck your partner. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's so easy, I think, to get into that pattern where you're like, well, we just, it's nighttime, I guess we fuck now, like, or just whatever the, 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 you know, thing is. Um, but I think it's, you can look out there and there's always going to be someone hotter right? There's always going to be someone more attractive. There's always going to be someone who looks like they have a better life, especially if you're fucking scrolling social media. So with something like that, yeah, maybe your partner has let themselves go a little bit or they're not looking less smoking hot as they did when you guys first met or whatever. I look at it like if there's something that I'm coveting in another person outside of my relationship, I don't want them. I don't want to be with them. I don't want a life with them. I don't want to build a life or whatever. I might be like, oh, they'd be fun to fuck or whatever, like they're hot. But if there's even something about someone else who that's maybe not about their looks, maybe it's about how they, I don't know, how they show up for their spouse or their friends or how they are with money or whatever it is, 
I take that as a sign to try and cultivate that in my own relationship because that's obviously something that I find valuable. You know, so if I see someone who's like, I don't know, who has a partner who's just really uh, considerate or really um, uh, thoughtful or just, I don't know, uh, takes care of his woman, I might be like, oh, like, I like that. How can I start to cultivate a sense of providership in my own relationship mm-hmm. or being taken care of in my own relationship or affirm my, my current partners whenever he does that kind of stuff. So I think you can look for clues. I don't think it's, it means you need to jump ship. I also don't think it ever goes away. There's always going to be someone who's hotter, smarter, more successful, has more money, whatever. Yeah. But if you look at that, it might just give you insight. If you have those feelings, it might give you insight into what you want to cultivate with your current partner. Hey, besties, we want to let you know about the happiness diet. The happiness diet is a program created just for people like you, people who want to be more confident, have more compassion for yourself, get some clarity around your purpose and have some more belief in yourself. If you find yourself struggling, stuck, just in a weird spot or transition in your life, Jill and I created this program just for you. Um, Go over to thehappinessdiet.com. It is a life-changing program. There's so much content in here. We should we should charge triple quadruple amount for it, but we want you to have it. We want to help you get out of your own way. So check it out right now, the happiness I like that. And I do, you know, sometimes I think people are the way they are and there's certain things you might not be able to cultivate and sure. you have to just decide to go. My partner's never going to be that, but I'm okay with it and decide what are your non-negotiables and and then just appreciate them for who they are. I think sometimes, and this could be so difficult, is just to love someone regardless instead of ma- wishing they were somebody else, wishing they were different. Or trying and just, to like constantly do improvement. Yes, and then knowing that they're never gonna be able to be that. And I think sometimes when we're able to just look at someone and actually acknowledge and love who they are, something changes in them anyway, and they start to do the things that you want them to do. Like, it's just a weird thing when you can just let it go and be okay with, with who they are. Um, you know, and it's an interesting thing too, when, so I'm thinking about my parents' relationship and then also like me getting divorced and being in a new relationship. And there were so many things that my ex-husband and I did well and mesh well together that were really great that in this relationship, are very different. And so there could be things that are shitty in one and you're like, I'm going to leave for that. And then you get in a new relationship and the things that you thought were missing you have now, but then there's some brand new bullshit that you didn't have. (laughs) So you still are going to have something. So if you're looking at someone else's relationship and you're like, this is what I need, this is what I want. I'm like stepping out of my, whatever I had, you might find those things that were missing, but then you might find a whole new set of things that you were like, oh, This is some bullshit I didn't know about either. (laughs) So I think there's always going to be some bullshit when wherever we're working with people. And I think, you know, Jill's said this before, um, that our relationships are like our biggest mirrors and our, and our biggest teachers is we're still going to find some bullshit. And so learning to just figure out those things that you see in like the, the flaws you see in your current relationship and learning how to work through those is going to help you regardless. So even if you do split up, break up, leave, I think working through some of those is only going to help you going forward. You're never going to find the per- the perfect partner because no. you're not the perfect partner either. No. Like if you think you're looking for the perfect one, ask yourself like how am I? Are you? Yeah, am I being the perfect partner? Right. Um, I love that because it. Um, 
Mark Manson, speaking of, again, I remember him, he tweeted this out once and it resonated with me. He said, the most confident people are okay with what we don't have. Mm. The most confident people are okay with what they don't have. And I thought that was really like just a great reminder to be like, to not only be okay with what you currently have, but be grateful for it. Because I think once you, and if you've ever done a gratitude practice, you get this. If you can find things about your current relationship to be grateful for, to really appreciate, you start seeing more of that. You start, you know, really feeling actually like in real time, feeling fulfilled even more by your relationship because you're only focusing on what it, what's amazing about it versus focusing on the ways in which it's lacking. But this is also just a cautionary tale to all of us to remember to diversify the people in our life who we go to different things for, you know, I go to Danny for a certain set of things in my life and support in that way. I go to my partner for other things. I go to my brothers for other things, you know? And so I think it's not that, and I think you make a mistake when you think that your partner can be all of those things for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And also I just want to validate the fact that like, I don't know when it comes to looks and things like that, number one looks fade, but there's always going to be like, it's okay to like look at someone outside your relationship and be like, they're fucking smoking hot. And also at the same time, not want to risk what you have yeah. to try and fuck that person or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's, that's normal and I want to normalize that. So it's like, not that you never have, I don't know, like you never covet someone else or whatever, but at the end of the day, do you act on it or can you find ways to be happy and cultivate a sense of like love and fulfillment in your current relationship? Mm, I love that. I I think too, it's so important to know. I mean, we do know this on a deep level, but I think sometimes we forget that social media is so curated. And so what we see in relationships, what we see in just photos are pieces that people want us to see, right? So I've recently, there's this app, you guys have probably seen it going around where you can ask people anonymous questions. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody on there that has, they were like, will you marry me? And then they said, you know, Jeff's a lucky man or whatever. And I was thinking, you know, it's funny because they can idolize me and have an idea of who I am as a person. But the day-to-day me, (laughs) I was like, yes, Jeff is lucky to have me. Of course, I'm not going to deny that. I'm amazing. (laughs) But um, he also puts up with a lot. Like I've had a lot of mental breakdowns in the last year. He's gone a lot with my family and dealt with. And I'm like, you have to take all of the good with the bad. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of bad that nobody sees on social media and hasn't seen and hasn't had to be you know, people haven't had to be there for me during some really hard times in my life. And so, yes, you get the good with the bad. And sometimes you just don't see all the shitty, shitty parts. And so you, Mm. sometimes we're idolizing someone and what we see on their social media and who they are, but we're not seeing like what's everything that's happening. Like Jill's been here. You were there the day my mom died and like showed up for me. And it's funny because actually I got invited to, um, a baby shower and it's during the weekend I'm going with Jill's family. And so Jeff was like, Oh, are you going to go? And I said, no, I already have plans. And he goes, you're so loyal. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm loyal. And also because this person didn't show up for me, she wasn't there. I'm like, who was the person who was there the day my mom died? Jill was like, of course I'm going to be loyal to her. And so I, we have a lot of different kinds of relationships and levels of how deep they are and how far they go. But, you know, I think we have to look at like deep loyalty and who who's there for us for real. And sometimes if you've been with someone for a long time, you forget that. Like you've been in a relationship for 10, 20 years and you're like, you see something else that's new and bright and shiny, but that person wasn't with you when you had your kids, when your parents died, when you were in a car accident, like it 
dings up a relationship a little bit. If you're in a relationship with 10, 15, 20 years, you've been through some shit. And so it kind of sucks because you've been through some shit. And so you're all banged up together. But at the same time, that person has been with you through all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. A new person is not going to know what you were like when you went through all these hardships. A new person is not going to know, like they weren't there to hold you when you lost, maybe you had a miscarriage or something like that. So I think it's really important to also recognize and back to your gratitude is to be grateful for those long-term relationships that we've been in and to not just toss them aside and act like they didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of, even if you're looking at like, how do you rekindle something is to like, remember those times and appreciate when your partner was there for you in the hard times. Cause God knows there had to have been hard times. If you've been with anyone for even two years, totally. there had to be at least something hard. We've all been through a pandemic in two years. So everybody's been through some hard shit, but I think it's just super important to remember those things too, that I don't know, even new things are going to get, go through hard shit too. Mm-hmm. So it's not, nothing is ever really easy. And it's important to recognize when people have been there for you mm-hmm. instead of just thinking that they're the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this just actually comes back to the original question I asked you, which is like, how do you know when to leave? It's really interesting. Something really interesting happens when you go through divorce and it's because of infidelity. Mm people start coming out of the woodwork. Like how many people have told us about their infidelity? Yeah. Either they were the quote unquote victim of it, or they were the one, the perpetrator or whatever, however you want to say it. Um, and so we, so many people, and you don't hear about that stuff. Like I never heard about that stuff. And, and now come to find out it's so fucking common. And a lot of people end up staying together. Some people end up not staying together after infidelity. Um, but I can tell you one thing that 95% of the people who get caught cheating on their spouse regret it. Like they're just like, oh, maybe not 95, probably like, I don't know, maybe 80 or 70. Like they just, they regret it because they, they jeopardize what they had. And it's yep. easy when, and I think the nature of, and this is one of the best things about a long-term relationship is the safety you know, it is the safety, it's the security, it's um, knowing that person is going to be there for you. And it's so easy to immediately sort of just slip into taking that person for granted. Mm -hmm. And then it's only when you wake up to the fact that you have been deceiving that person who you say you love in the world, the most in the world, you wake up to that, that you realize you don't want to lose them. And it sucks that it takes that, you know? And so obviously we are, I guess, quote unquote, midlife at this point. And I think now's, when, and it's funny because we've talked about this, we have a lot of friends of ours that are in their 20s and early 30s and they're all getting married right now. Keith's 36 and a lot of his friends are getting married and you just went to a bachelorette party that was for yeah. someone who was in their late 20s. And I hate to say it, but like, yeah, I mean, 40 is different. You know, yes, of course, you will get married at 40, but sometimes it's like a second marriage or whatever. So, you know, we'll kind of see how people do if they get married young. You were 26, I was 27. And to see someone go through, you know, to see like how they fare with that. And like, what does that look like? And just a reminder to all of us that, and here's the thing, it doesn't mean just because someone's been loyal to you or because you've been with someone a long time. It's not like you have to stay with them, right? It's not like because you're there. Like I think a lot of people do stay in relationships out of a sense of obligation. Um, But it's recognizing when you're not getting your needs met. And regardless if you want to stay in the relationship or not, the answer always is to talk about it. And yeah. it's so fucking hard because the last thing you want to bring up to your partner is to say, I'm unhappy in this relationship and I don't know what to do about that because they want to make it better for you. You want it to be better too, but you don't know what to do. Yep. And so like, but 
instead of just sleeping with someone because you're just like, I don't know what else to do. And like this person is coming on to me or whatever. It's like that. I mean, it's fine. It's like to me, it's, it's cowardly. The more courageous thing would be to have the conversation before. And I think it's, I think it's okay to say like, Hey, you know, I am kind of interested in someone else. And it's devastating because you might lose your current partner if you say that, but you're going to lose them either way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people who have affairs think that it's just going to end mm-hmm. and no one's going to be the wiser, you know? And I, and that's certainly how you know my ex-husband felt, but I think it's, it is a cautionary tale and it's so hard, but if there's, and I know I'm th- this kind of person that if my, my partner was having feelings for someone else, I would just want them to tell me. And it what doesn't mean I'd be out necessarily, you know, yeah. like I wouldn't like it obviously. And I would be, you know, sad and I would be whatever, but I wouldn't see it as a death sentence or relationship. I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck you. Like whatever. I would just be like, okay, I don't love this, but like, what do you want? And if you don't want me, then let's have that conversation rather than you just fuck someone behind my back, Yeah. you know? And it's, it's so hard, but I don't know. I just don't think that's ever the answer. I think as an adult, you can, you're capable of having a tough conversation before you cheat on your spouse and no one deserves that. Honestly, if you are, if you have a relationship and you're exclusive in that relationship and that has been uh, verbalized in the relationship, then you have an obligation to share it with your partner. If you're thinking about going outside the relationship. Uh, So fucking hard. I agree. It is really hard because we tend to think, well, I know they're not going to like this and they're not going to want, so then you just make Or you're trying to protect them, them, right? You're yeah. like, I don't want to bring it up because I want to protect them. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go fuck someone behind their back and they won't know. They won't yeah. know. Yeah. And then they won't be hurt. Right. And that's just really selfish too because you're letting yourself get what you want and you need and they're stuck just, I don't know, thinking everything's fine or... The worst. Or they could be getting what they need too. Instead, you're doing it and leaving them just hanging. That's actually, really honestly, unfair. like that's the most, that's the hardest part about betrayal. That's the mm-hmm. betrayal. The like dick and vagina is not the betrayal, right? Yeah. Like the betrayal is you didn't include me yeah. in this and therefore I didn't have a have say a in yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. And maybe what you do want to do is stay yep. and work through the relationship. And that's great too. But you don't, that you have your autonomy taken away. Yeah. And that shit is, it's bullshit. It's like you're literally living a life that you don't, you don't know what life you're living. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, it's a great conversation. It's so difficult to, I, I feel like, and I don't know, do you think social media has made it worse? I feel like it has. Totally. I feel like it's just, I mean, literally, you can just like scroll and find like the hottest people on this app yeah. all the time. Remember like Facebook? At the beginning of Facebook, member, you would like be like, oh, my. And I do think this, I want to say there's some validity to this. I mean, I think there were definitely some like, you know, crazy people who thought their spouses were cheating and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people, it was the first time people were able to get back in touch with previous loves, yes. exes, high school sweethearts. And you had never really talked to them in like 20 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like friends on Facebook now. And you're like, well, they, they look pretty good for 40 and like whatever. And you strike up a conversation. And as it always happens, it starts off innocently enough to where you go like, oh, this isn't a thing or this is innocent or whatever. And then at some point it doesn't. But yeah, I think social media is has definitely made this all... It's shiny object syndrome on steroids. Yes, it really is. And, you know, the same thing goes with work and jobs and what people do. It, back to there's still some bullshit. There's there's good things about some things and there's bullshit on other sides. You know, it's funny being entrepreneurs sometimes it can look so great. Like you can make your own schedule and you can do what you want, but then you don't have consistent paycheck and benefits. And so there's things that are really enticing about being an entrepreneur. And there's things that are really enticing about just having a job that you go in, do the thing and you go home and you get a paycheck every week. And I think it's just very important to keep your eyes on your own paper and 
decide, and I think you do have to decide, decide to love what you have. And I think that the grass being greener comes down to a decision. It's not necessarily, and maybe it is, but you've seen that quote, um, the grass is greener where you water it. But it's true. It's really deciding that you want what you have and you like what you have and you choose what you have. And I hate to say that you don't have a choice, but you do. And you can re-choose. So if you're like, I'm in a situation I hate, decide to choose it. Like choose, make a choice to change it or make a choice to say, I am actually choosing this right now and recognize that you are choosing it right Mm -hmm. now. So whatever partnership you're in, whatever job you're in, wherever you live, whatever city you're in, whatever travels you're taking or not traveling, taking or not traveling, whatever travels you're taking or not, um, you're choosing that. And so if you are consciously choosing it, it's really hard to be coveting what someone else is doing if you're choosing to make your own choices. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that there's actually been research and my brother, Danny shout out, um, actually brings up this research quite a bit. And actually it was interesting. So when he was, um, he's been with his now wife for like eight or nine years and he, had not, um, they'd been together, I think maybe like seven or six or seven years before he proposed. And that was sort of something in their relationship. They're both in their twenties and, you know, they'd been together their entire twenties and, you know, Kelsey had really just, you know, want, wanted to progress the relationship and they had had several conversations about marriage and it wasn't that he was resistant to it, but he was just like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I said to him, then he proposed and I was like, well, what changed, you know? And he was like, he goes, honestly, that's my fucking trick. He goes, I've dated a lot went out with plenty of people. He's like, what am I going to go to a club and like try and find, he's like, this is my chick. I love her. Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I not? Why, what am like, what principle am I trying to uphold by like waiting? He's like, she's the best. Yeah. And like, they've been through a lot of hard things, but that's yeah. what you do with someone like yeah. that, you know? So anyway, side note, but he always cites this one thing that, that shows that actually arranged marriages have a high percentage of happiness because people have sort of gotten their options taken away, you know? And at first you would see, you're like, what? That's ridiculous. But they, because they are like, oh, divorce isn't an option. I didn't have, I wasn't able to choose my partner. This is my partner. I got to figure out a way to just be okay with it. And they report really high levels of happiness because they just decided to be with each other. And like, that was it. There's no, like, there's no even option to look outside the relationship. Now, I don't know about that. Like, I'm just like, yeah, people need to leave if they need to leave. But goes to your point about if you just choose what you have, yeah. you can literally feel completely different about it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I've seen and uh, I've seen and read about the arranged marriage thing. And I thought that was so interesting. Like if you, didn't have, a, if you didn't have a choice going into it, but you, we always have a choice on how we react to things and how we perceive things. And we can just stop being jealous yeah. <laughs> and just start going, okay, like, my husband sucks on the floor. I freaking love it. <laughs> but there's very just, Byron Katie of you. There is something, you know, and this is the thing too. It's like, maybe let's just say that's an example of socks on the floor. You think that some, you think that like Brad Pitt doesn't ha- have dirty socks on the floor, or do some weird shit too. Oh, yeah. Like everybody's got their shit. There could be so much worse crap that you deal with, with someone who you think is like so hot or so perfect. I mean, like I said, with my ex-husband and now like there's just different bullshit you know there are you can have somebody who's really messy but on the opposite side i dated a guy who was so ocd like every clause everything in his closet was like two finger measured apart and there was like lines in the carpet and everything was so perfectly cleaned that i was terrified to do anything and so you can have the opposite and it could be 
worse than what you think. You're like, oh, I think I want someone clean. Well, you can have someone who's so OCD that you can't even <laughs> like lift a finger or you get messed up or something, you know, yeah. they're vacuuming behind you. So, yeah. you know, we all have to just decide what's Be the careful bullshit what you can, wish for. Yeah, what's the bullshit you can handle and, and realize that everybody's got something. Yeah. Everyone's got quirks. You have quirks too. And like, we got, we just have to be a little less, uh, I don't know, judgmental about all of the things and just decide what can we handle. And like, really, I think it comes down to, are we with a person with good character who treats you well? And like, then the other things can just, they could just be minor annoyances that you laugh about. Mm-hmm. No, it's so good. No, I'm glad we had this conversation. I mean, you know, I love this conversation because this conversation is very rational, right? It's very rational, very like intellectually checks out. Everyone's probably listening to it being like nodding their head. This makes a lot of sense. The thing that's the hardest part, of course, is going to be the emotional side of this, you know? So just keep in mind, like if you're starting to feel this way or whatever, come back to this and just like get your mind right around it. Because I think, I think people don't cheat because they think it's okay. I think they cheat because they're emotionally hijacked, mm. right? And they get caught up in the, uh, the you know, love is a drug, right? They get caught up in the love or the lust or whatever. And so oftentimes we don't have the luxury of making <laughs> completely rational decisions when it comes to jealousy, envy, any of these like really strong emotions. So this is hopefully going to be useful for you guys. Uh, if you are starting to feel that we come back to this, listen to the rational argument. <laughs> Not that you guys don't know, but a lot of really interesting things here and um, to think about and just good reminders, I think. like, And I think for us too, just good reminders. Yeah, it's all good. That's it. All right, y'all. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this as always. Um, we'd love your reviews, five-star only reviews, of course. And um, and share, maybe the share one of these episodes, I mean, one of the most recent episodes that you really resonated with, with maybe two friends. That would be really cool. Uh, and if there's anything that you've listened to and you feel like, hey, I think so-and-so would really benefit from this, we love for you to share these and get out to more people's earballs. So love, love y'all. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.